Greetings and salutations. You are listening to the Into the Moxfield podcast, where we cover the latest news and developments relating to the deck building site Moxfield. I'm one of your hosts, Lyndon, aka Noobzors, and today I'm joined by my co-hosts, Reed, aka Sick Robot. Howdy, howdy. And Morgan, aka Spleenface. How's it going? Uh, and in this episode, we're going to be covering the latest update on Moxfield. Uh, so that's uh, their new stacks um, uh, development. So they're, uh, it's you know a new visual interface, much like uh, you know Architect and, and other deck building. Um, I mean, you know we're not supposed to say their name. You know, rival deck building websites. <laughs> the, the, the big A. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, that's, uh, you know, we've got, we've got a lot to cover in this episode, so strap in for a doozy. Uh, no, but... <laughs> <laughs> like, how long do we have to keep this going? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to vamp for vamp these, at least 10 more minutes, though. But uh, yeah, you're listening to the Internorth podcast. Um, why, why did we go through this whole shebang? We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for real, in this episode, we're going to be covering uh, CEDH pet peeves. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, Matt couldn't be here for this episode. But uh, you know, we'll uh, you know, you'll hear from him again. Uh, you know, this soon. this might be this might be the best one for Matt not to be here, so he doesn't draw any heat for <laughs> <laughs> blatant allegations of things that annoy us. But you know, <laughs> yeah, dude, Matt Matt has a has a way of like being very precise with like he, he he'd say a pet peeve and be like oh man that cuts me that cut me deep i know i do that or something like he's very observant <laughs> with that with uh that kind of thing um but yeah so cdh pet peeves uh you know the kind of tagline for this episode is a uh is a quote from you know frank costanza uh in the great fest uh, festivus episode of seinfeld uh where he says i've got a lot of problems with you people and now you're going to hear about it and uh that's going to sum up <laughs> this episode in a nutshell uh pretty good uh but yeah so before we get into the uh, main topic what have you guys been up to since the last episode uh i've for once in my life uh have been playing boris wow crazy incredible right <laughs> um yeah. i yeah i i think cole's pretty neat honestly um Lyndon, i'm not sure if you've seen a lot of it at all but uh deck's fun it's uh it's like the first time i've been satisfied with like a red white or like red or white list really so yeah it's good i made Um, it like two wins from getting into diamond in starcraft and then the season lock happened and i was big sad oh so okay actually i have something even more tragic than that which is that i got into masters again for tft and then I was going to decay out of Masters like a day before season end. So I went to play a game to stop decay from happening. And then I lost the game and got demoted. And then <laughs> grinded some games to try to get back in. And then got demoted again to D2. Because uh. <laughs> I was on tilt. <laughs> so I, I ended the season D2. Feels bad, man. <laughs> um, I've been jamming a lot of Slay the Spire. Uh, shout out to friend of the show Keegan for putting me onto this game. And I know, Morgan, you have as well. Yeah. Um yeah, man, that game is that game's hell fun. Uh been playing a lot of the defect. Gonna grind my way to Ascension 20 and uh do uh, Ascension 20 Heart Run. Okay, basically we like card games. Just 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. You may be surprised to learn this. Who would have thought, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh, Hearthstone, Magic. Like, Did any of you guys pay, play the Pokemon TCG? Like, barely. See, I, I collected Pokemon cards. Never played. Pokemon. I, I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, we're gonna get. I'm gonna get kit back from this from our equivalent in the Pokemon world, like our equivalent podcast in the Pokemon world. But like, I don't think the Pokemon card game was ever designed to be like a good card game, right? Like, wasn't it just designed oh. to sell cards? <laughs> yeah, no, I think read. We can't. We can't say that having played Yu Gi Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, there, there were definitely there were definitely some like very unrewarding elements in that card game also what was what was hilarious oh, being, was was you said, took your friend's deck of of energy and you just flipped through it and just got it got it got it got it got it got it <laughs> wasn't wasn't pokemon like the first real like ccg to have a prize card system though yeah, the prize card system was cool. The energy like, I, system I was like, miserable. Yes, I think I think the prize card system is like the, it's like the mana really, and magic. It's like the big but, highlight. It's like mana and magic, except once you commit it to a thing and that thing gets killed, it's gone. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, think about how bad it feels. Like when you were starting out magic and you just had some like big dumb Timmy creature, and then you resolved it, and then it got doom bladed, and you were like. Oh, like imagine <laughs> you that. Imagine all the lanes you had to get. But you also just got getting Like, yikes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, uh, without further ado, let's jump into housekeeping. We have uh, some new patrons. Uh, Morgan, do you want to? You yeah. want to read them out? Big shout out to Keegan, friend of the podcast. Yeah, he was and, on the uh, the Urza special episode. Uh, yeah, thank you for and that. Mo- most impo- very clearly the most important <laughs> new patron. Uh, <laughs> clearly, yeah, Harry Harry from uh, Moxfield. So, for for whatever reason, uh, God, there, there's a bit of like, it's there, there's there's some like. Ah, God, I'm just trying trying to explain the the entire backstory here is a bit much, but like there there's <laughs> there's so much a lot lore. of a lot of time. So you know, read part of the you know CEDH deck uh, deck list database Shadow Cabal. Are we really doing this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they they they're anti you know they're anti tapped out agenda. Uh, you know, f- made everyone uh, uh, you know switch from their the tapped out lists on the database. And the fro- people on the frog server, and I mean other people as well, but uh, you know I mainly spend my time on the frog server, so this is what I'm aware of. But yeah, people on the frog server were like being grumpy about it, and we were making lots of Moxfield jokes because um, on the on their announcement posts for on the decklist database, I think they were like you know any they switch to something other than tapped out, such as Moxfield. <laughs> still <laughs> our official policy. We we do not care what you use. Uh, literally anything but tapped out. That being said, now that Harry has chilled for the podcast, uh, I definitely recommend Moxfield. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, continue. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, we were we were joking that like you know, well, they're just you know taking, they're clearly taking uh, fat checks yeah, from from big payments, Moxfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
at, at, at what point i think I, I sent a message in the frog server that's like you know what my only the only reason i'm staunchly against moxfield is because i'm not getting a cut of the fat checks so you know and i i made a message that was like uh i would shill moxfield on my podcast for a single dollar <laughs> and then just the other day um i think it started because of like some something on twitter maybe or, or whatever but uh harry moxfield then I say Harry, Harry Moxfield as if it's his <laughs> But his, his Discord name is Harry brackets Moxfield. <laughs> so I'm just going to refer to him as, uh, you know, as Harry Moxfield, as if it's his last name, because I think that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, so he, he, he hops on the frog server, and this is like a uh, message I made from like, I don't know, it was like August or something. And he, he quote messages me on, on Discord uh, saying like, you know, you have to support it now because he he had just signed up as a new patron uh, on Internet. So I was like, he's like, are you a man of your word? I was like, you know what? I, I guess I am. You, you win. You win this round, Harry Moxfield. You know, but I'll, I'll have my revenge one day. And that revenge is going to be collecting the, uh, the patron slash hashtag sponsorship money. So uh, there you go. I mean, and it wasn't, I mean, the shilling... It's not like it's not for a good reason, right? Like, I isn't the visual deck builder one of your longtime asks from a deck building website? Yeah, I mean, as much as I, you know, hate Reed and everyone associated with the deckless <laughs> database with the deepest, you know, convictions of my soul because of their anti-tapped out stance and they're trying to just steal all my tapped out likes. Uh, <laughs> um, which, I, which primarily, record, I primarily use record, Architect. I, I, think, I think I have more likes than you are tapped out, but continue. Yeah, and you're just so greedy. How much more? <laughs> you're like the Jeff Bezos of tapped out likes, man. I, well, I have more to lose than you from switching away from yeah, it. Yeah, and you just, you just can't let me have any, okay? That's clearly, you know, the fat cats are, uh, you know, just trying to at least you don't have 400 decks on tapped out. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah, no, I, I primarily, yeah, I don't have 400 decks on tapped out because they're all on architect because I, <laughs> I I prefer using, uh, I prefer the like visual interface. It's like the closest thing to uh, having cards like physically in front of you, um, which is kind of how I like doing my brewing. So yeah, I've been using architect, but then, um, yeah, he just yeah, I'm not gonna shit talk. I'm not gonna shit talk architect. But <laughs> he just strips down and climbs into a bathtub full of cards and just emerges clutching a hundred, and that's his deck list. Yeah, basically. But yeah, I, I find I found that um, well, there's many great things about architect. Uh, Moxfield has been you know very receptive to feedback, and they're like constantly doing updates, and you know it's kind of like probably after this after this update it's like mm, i probably gotta get my stuff over on moxfield because you know that's seems to be the most actively supported um website but uh yeah there you go is that worth was that worth your patron subscription harry moxfield <laughs> <laughs> did you get enough did you get enough uh advertising enough for you yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> God, the um, ROI on that must have been insane. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ROI on the Moxfield meme value is insane. The, this this meme has, has, has bared so much, so many lols, so many LMAOs. Truly, truly blessed. Okay, well, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> I guess we're on to uh, new developments. I guess so, yeah. Uh, and 
we have uh, just one, and that's the King of the Chrome Conquest Tournament, uh, which is being held by the Conquest server on February 20th, if I remember my dates correctly. And, uh, yeah, it's definitely, if you've ever wanted to try out Conquest, uh, highly recommend checking that out. We'll put some links in the description, and it's called King of the Chrome because there's a very fancy Chrome Mox as uh, sort of the primary prize, so... Aren't there multiple very fancy Chrome Moxes up for grabs? Well, yes, but... Yeah. <laughs> but, but there's one particular <laughs> One of them is the fanciest, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one of them has to be the fanciest. But yeah, the, the prizes uh, are definitely pretty hot for uh, a free tournament, so... If you're into conquest, definitely check that out. Check it out. Right Dude, on. Conquest is so conquest is so cool. I'm I haven't been able to play recently, like been involved recently, but it's so cool. <laughs> um yeah, I've I haven't played, but uh I definitely see the appeal. Um okay, so main topic of the show, CDH pet peeves, hashtag sponsored by Moxfield. Um and <laughs> we're gonna start off with uh um Morgan, we're gonna go. Morgan's gonna give a hot take. Read, uh, not hot well, take. I guess they're, they're kind of hot takes. If we're being I don't honest. think these are hot takes. I really don't. Okay. Well, and then read, and then myself, and we're kind of just very, gonna very you know, agree. Go through takes. the list. And, so, it, and like we're gonna have some overlap because you know a lot of people find similar stuff annoying. So we'll just sort of jump on if someone you know says something that fits with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So cool. Uh, cool. My first one is definitely instant-itis, and I know I've been guilty of this, uh, but uh, just because a spell is an instant doesn't mean the best time to cast it is the end step before your turn. Uh, and also, like, I mean, I have ends poor spell timing in general. I think one of the big things I see is people trying to resolve, like, if you want to cast an ad nauseum, you know, sometimes it's best if you want to cast an instant speed ad nauseum sometimes it's best to cast it like the turn before the turn before yours if you think that person might have interaction or whatever um and i think people often just want to cast their spell as late as possible and you know because otherwise you're losing value on the fact that you can play it at any time right uh, but when you let <laughs> people untap and draw last possible yeah when moment, you let yeah. people untap and draw cards um sometimes spells don't resolve or the board state changes and then your spells not as good anymore so uh yeah, yeah figure out some, when the best time to cast your spells is there's some interesting stuff here with um vampiric tutors and uh i guess any like the mystic mystical tutor worldly tutor where Sometimes it's correct to play it as a uh, imperial seal. Now there's there's a bit of play with like, yeah, you you know let your opponents uh, get a full round of the table so that you know you can bait out mental missteps or something. Um, there's that. There's also, but but then you, so that's that's the kind of main um, play around it to not just launch it right away or to get more information um, and and change your plan. But well, also to the, the restrict information from the rest of the table, right? Like them not knowing that you actually have a tutor. Yeah, but the, but there is also the drawback of letting everyone you know draw another card. So you know they could be drawing um, the missteps, or they could be drawing you know some counter spell because if they have like you know turn one land go, which I mean 
maybe 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 that's less of a thing uh let's less something to be concerned about but like you know there's there's a uh, miscast dispels like there's there's lots of counter spells that you know people would gladly um just eat a vampiric tutor so yeah definitely just at least don't don't automatically um just wait till the end step before your turn put put some amount of thought into it that's uh yeah i guess that's yeah that's the take the take it's the pet peeve come on <laughs> pet peeve hot takes with, it's we're just to stay consistent with the branding here for my some, pet peeve is people mislabeling things as hot takes <laughs> dude the my my mega hot take is that all into the north episodes are just hot takes this is hot takes ep- into the north hot takes episode 41 so i really uh, don't think that's true <laughs> Um, okay, read your text. Uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, I think, like, my first one here is just gonna be bad damage focus, so, like, just not... <laughs> yeah, people, you like, always hit read. Uh, That's the... Yeah. Just people not having, like, just not having good reasons for hitting the people they're hitting, and or, like, just, like, constantly switching back and forth and not tacking, like... Like effective amounts of damage onto anybody because they're just like I'm gonna hit you with the stork and now I'm gonna hit the next person with the stork and now I'm gonna hit the next person with the stork and instead of dealing one person like 15 damage you dealt three people five damage which is like nothing. <laughs> I think I actually I almost lost it on someone once they attacked me like not only was I not playing ad nauseum one of my opponents had a civil library and one of my opponents had a necropotence and they attacked me and it was just like. Did did you look at the board? <laughs> yeah, and then like yeah, like people people like not cutting their losses and like they like well I I've I've already gone this far with attacking the wrong person. Might as well try to go the distance when they're attacking with like one ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there yeah, there seems to be a lot of like obviously the kind of default assumption is attack the Nas player, right? But. In in some cases, like someone's got a Sylvan library and like they powered it out with like a mana crypt. It's like, man, damage is real, and I can close this game out with damage. Like that's that's sometimes a real thing that needs yeah, to be considered. It's of. like it's not even like it. I don't like this. This is this peppy really for me is less about like threat assessment or assessing who to attack. Because like that's like that's a misplay, but I understand that. Like if, if okay. and somebody might have like a hidden reason why they might want to attack somebody else or like information that I'm not privy to, whatever. What really gets my gears is people not having a reason for attacking somebody or like splitting damage badly. Dude, dice roll. Is, dice is roll. You don't want to make you don't want to make enemies at the table, dude. That's, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah. No, I I I'm also guilty of. Uh, not attacking sometimes when like it's just free it's like uh like i'm if i'm playing get rock or something it's like do i i'm not bluffing anything really by holding up this land or elves or something like i might as well just get in i um, I, I will say though the opposite is also i think that that fits pretty well with this is also one of my pet peeves the like three damage or blocking a timna Oh, uh, yeah. Three oh, damage. yeah just not <laughs> considering the other side at all like wait what <laughs> Yeah, one one thing Especially, about the... like that 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 was that was always my annoyance with like cast players sometimes of like cast just like trying to like in the thrust him to meta just like cast players swinging out with cast and it's like that's not yeah, that's, that's not, not okay. what that body's for. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing about the attacking with like land world and stuff is the one damage sometimes matters. I've won several games on one life. Like that's not that's not crazy, and uh, 
you know, the, the small little chips can definitely add up. Like it can take you down to like, wow. Cause sometimes there's like, oh man, I need to win this crypt roll to win the game. Otherwise I like, and, and those chip damages can sometimes be the, the difference between, you know, one more crypt roll or one more card off of uh Sylvan library or, or, or whatever. Yeah. Even tapping your city of brass or fetching one more time or yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So my pet peeves is fetches. And this is kind of just like a quality of life thing where just just crack your fetch right away. And the one thing that we do in our play group is you crack your fetch right away. Um, and we kind of have a grace period with like, you know, assuming the best case timing. Right. So it's like, oh, if you really want to change your fetch target for some reason, um, you could. But it's really just let's not every time hold fetches to the turn before your uh before like the end step before your turn um you know to get maximum information um i guess it's less of a thing now now that opposition agent um is yeah. running around people are more cautious about that um but yeah the just let's let's get the game moving moving let's along tack 30 seconds onto the end of everyone's turn just for yeah yeah fetch shuffle oh god yeah no just it's, just yeah, it's, declare it's your fetch really... get the card um one thing i like to do is uh take the card that i'm gonna find like sometimes it ends up being like i'll go if i'm playing get rog it's like i'm gonna get a, a, an overgrown tomb like end step but you know i reserve the right to go get a bayou instead if i want to interact or something um but the uh, one thing I'll do is I'll sl- I'll keep the fetch in play, and then I'll slide the card that I'm trying to tutor for underneath it, uh, and then I'll be like, okay, crack my fetch, and then the card's already in play, just to save time on shuffling and whatnot. Yep, that's mine, Morgan. Uh, mine is uh, myopic wheels, um, which is where you look at your hand and you go, this hand's not very good. I'm gonna cast this wheel of fortune. Um, and then you don't look at anything else like, you know, the fact that one of your opponents just played out like three mana producing permanents on their turn and has two cards in hand. And then, you know, you, you cast a wheel that draws you, you know, it takes you from like four okay cards to seven cards and takes, you know, two of your opponents from like one or two cards to seven cards. Yeah. And yeah, just... You know, it's it's sort of it's it's the perpetual issue with group hug, which is that whatever group hug you're doing, you know, benefits the person who was lacking in that department the most. Yeah. Um, you know, if you give everyone, if you give everyone extra mana, then the per- the person with the best card draw wins. If you give everyone extra cards, the person with the best ramp wins. Like, yeah, yeah I think that people just throw out they look at their hand go this isn't great and throw out the wheel and then that's why i'm pretty low on wheels honestly it's also it's also the issue with like people like people want to play their cards inherently yeah (laughs) so like they're gonna mentally bias toward the lines that let them play their cards (laughs) rather than the lines that don't (laughs) so like for a lot of the time like people just like won't sandbag cards yeah, I stopped sandbagging that, like, mana yeah. crypts and stuff because like people just YOLO wheels too much. I'm like, well, I've I've been burned. I've been burned on the like you know someone dumping their hand YOLO wheeling, even though like you know people are it, it's just gassing everyone up as gi- giving gassing everyone else up as well. Like I was trying to like oh you know I'm gonna sandbag the mana crypt that way I can like power out a a, a 
big play next turn, like, you know, cast a get rogue and people won't see it coming. That's like, pff, dude, nowadays it's like, just, just dump everything that you can <laughs> just <in> play. Jam it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it, yeah. The myopic wheels thing is, I, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I've been pretty low on wheels even before hull breacher, but now that like, you know, everyone's just got hull breacher sitting in their hands and it's a nasty potential blowout. I'm even even lower on wheels now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Read. Um this is this is sort of a big one. Um is uh people conceding boring games or like staxy games even if they still have a chance to win. That gets me a bunch. That really gets my knickers in a knot. Like it's like when like Oh, there's there's a rule of law in play, and I'm playing a turbo deck. I don't want to play anymore. It's like you're playing like five outs to this. You can still like draw into like something to get you out of the situation. They're just like, no, I don't I don't want to play this game anymore. I didn't get to do my thing in the first few turns of the game. I'm just I'm just done. It's um, the uh, it's the Woody meme or or the, the the Toy Story meme. I don't want to play with you anymore. Like dro- yeah, <laughs> just drops the, it. Yeah, <laughs> the CEDH game. Yeah, like you, you get yeah. your one spell case. Like I don't want to play with yeah. you anymore. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like sort of sort of on that as well like it this doesn't really go like this isn't only just for conceding like this sort of also extends to like what i call soft conceding um which is where like you just sort of like it's like <laughs> you're playing a turbo deck somebody plays a rule of law and then you just like tap out for the rest of the game or just like become mentally absent for the rest of the game yeah or like yeah, honestly a, like, i think that bothers me more than conceding at yeah. least when you concede you're like letting everyone else know that you're not like it's like okay i don't want to play this game i'm not willing to put in the effort they know they can decide to play with you in the future or not but when you're just like yeah you're just like all right you know pull out the switch and yeah yeah. and then it's like uh it's your turn oh are you passing priority oh yeah i'm not doing anything like just please so my my next one is kind of in line with this so I'll, i'll tie it in and then i'll pick a different one but um just on the point of soft conceding, I do think there's a bit of a um, a kind of un- this, this something of the social contract of EDH or of CDH where if someone is basically completely out of the game, either like they're stacked out and their hand is empty and, and you know they're not really doing anything, but it's relevant that they're in the game because um, you know they could have you know some piece like of interaction or of they're <laughs> they're there they're there for carpet or they're there as like a just to soak up timna damage. It's like, you know, it's it's typical to be like, oh, you know, you just let I'll stay in the game as long as I'm like until you guys kill me. Uh, that is when I'm fine with people kind of like, you know, more or less checking out. Um, but at the same time, I think it's just common courtesy to remove them from the game uh, through through lethal, like just the the, the putting them out of their misery, like even sometimes when it's not right, like. Or the most optimal line. I know there was a game uh, somewhat recently where, like, we were we were hanging out in like a voice chat and doing something else, and one of the players was just stuck in his game. Uh, I think it was like a a grand arbiter and like two mono blue decks or, th- or three mono blue decks, and he was he was like functionally dead, but he was just being trapped there because the mono blue decks couldn't pressure life totals, and I just felt so bad for him. Um, yeah, so sometimes, sometimes just you know, 
if you want to uphold the CDH social contract of not outright conceding to affect the game, uh, the common courtesy in response is to, you know, let that player leave by killing them. Uh, but yeah, and then to tie on to yours, my uh, other one was salty scooping, which is, you know, kind of self-explanatory. Oh, you, uh, you countered my spell, or you did something, you know what, oh, I'm just going to concede this game. This isn't really, like, I guess, specific yeah. to CDH. It's a, it's a problem at all power levels of EDH, but, uh, yep, doesn't change the fact that I find it super annoying anyway. I think I've scoops to a counterspell exactly once. Like, like not, uh, oh, I guess you have the win, I concede, but, like, actually, I haven't lost this, uh, I haven't lost this game, but I conceded, and it was because two people spaghettied out a million mana rocks, and then I played a null rod, and one of them packed it and couldn't pay for the pact. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not playing I'm not this playing anymore. This game. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess my my next one is uh, sloppy priority management. Um, so this is. I think this is especially big when there's um, triggers involved, like Ristic Study and Mystic Remora triggers, um, where people, you know, they don't return priority. Like, you cast a spell, there's a Mystic Remora trigger, everyone passes, the trigger resolves, there's another round of priority, it starts with the person whose turn it is. Uh, I think a lot of this often gets missed. And a lot of the time, like, it is, it is a fine line to walk because, you know, like, I'm... I'm definitely, sometimes I get annoyed, you know, I try and play, like, properly, and I cast Llanowar Elves, and I say I'm paying for the Ristic Study, and no one says anything, I'm like, okay, does it resolve? Can we move on? But, you know, then when people start casting, like, quote-unquote important spells, and then they're just sort of, like, you know, really blasé about... Who has priority? Who's cast who's this? Supposed to I'm respond. gonna cast this. I'm oh, gonna cast I'm, this. Yeah. Oh, I, I have a counter spell for that. Where? Hold up. Let me yeah. let me cast this counter spell. Yeah. So yeah, Fair that's uh, definitely. It is. Yeah. Incredibly annoying. So actually, I I do have one that sort of goes along with that, um, which is not like in sloppy priority management, but is um, when somebody is either executing a combo or going through a sequence in on their turn or something like that during like an important turn and shortcutting at the exact wrong time to shortcut. Um, so like shortcutting like halfway through a combo and then people are like, whoa, hold up. First of all, like just like you have to go back to the start and do the thing or like not tracking their floating mana correctly and just being like, okay, I'm going to do this, this and this and they're going to have to like, I'm going to have like this extra mana floating or whatever. Or, like not tracking cards in the exact zones they should be in on like a very important turn is like a huge pet peeve of mine because it like it complicates those turns a lot more than they should and a lot of the time it leads to like what are or what should be like game rule infractions and stuff just because it's not being like done cleanly like i think that's something that like everybody should be able to execute their combo in their deck like technically and like step by step and very cleanly 
Because if you're not, it, like, it just makes everything so messy. Dude, just say Get Rock Players, man. This is the most obvious subtweet not, I've ever but seen. It's, <laughs> but it's not even Get Rock Players. It's like, I'm oh, I'm gonna do this, this, this. I'm gonna float this mana. I'm gonna do, like, and, like, I understand, like, not explicitly tracking floating mana if you're just doing, like, a dork into cast commander turn. Or, like, just, like, you're casting three insignificant spells that nobody's going to attempt to counter whatever but like when you start not tracking your mana floating or like colors of mana floating and or like physically doing any of that or like not tracking exact storm count or whatever um or just shortcutting through all of that stuff when you're doing an important turn it just it pisses me off to no end yeah like if you tap a land and a crypt and or uh, the land of the soaring and play sylvan library and then tap two more lands and play Timna. It's like, okay, yeah, sure. We, 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 we understood what happened what, here. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, uh, I cast Dark Ritual and then Jessica's Will and then Ad Nauseam and then Demonic Tutor. It's like, wait, how much mana did you have floating again? Yeah. And then this yeah. Mana Vault, which I'll tap. Yeah. Or just like playing out like, oh, I'm, I'm going to play out these three rocks at once without like <laughs> going through the <laughs> sequence. Like, yeah, yeah I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to play these three signets. And it's like, uh, first Wait, of all, so they're all in the stack at the same time. Yeah. Mind break trap. <laughs> <laughs> that should be that should be that should be a legal thing. You know, if, if your opponents are not doing the proper priority pass, you should be able to mind break trap all their spells. <laughs> okay, uh, Reed, uh, <laughs> you're up next. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll do another one. I guess. Um, God, okay. <laughs> this one is a this one is a very specific one, but <laughs> submitting under-tested decks to the database. <laughs> oh okay. my god, is it such a pain? <laughs> it's just there's so much I sort of like don't feel discouraged to submit your new brew to the database. Just put in the base amount of effort because oh my god, there's some like they're just every submission cycle we get lists that are like Basically, what ends up happening is, like, it gets submitted, and then, like, the deck changes, like, 40 cards by the t from the time that it was submitted to the time that it gets reviewed, and then, like, another 10 cards from the time that it gets reviewed to the time that it goes in the database, and it's just, like, just <laughs> have, like, a semi-finalized, like, tested list before submitting, please. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just scrolling through all my deck lists and finding all the ones that <laughs> I just want to submit now. Yeah, I should, someone, should, should I'm gonna write a, write a bot uh... that just automatically submits all my, like, random, random brews from, like whatever deck building side I'm using just automates it. Yeah. It, just, it just monitors the Moxfield uh, like new deck lists thing. <laughs> no, no, but other here, here's the thing. I'm only going to have it submit the ones that I save as unlisted. If oh I save it publicly, god. it won't submit it. Oh my it. god. <laughs> Dude, the, uh. so my, I've got one that's kind of like uh, similar to that, which is People need to stop caring so much about the freaking deckless database or like yeah, these please. official resources. <laughs> Who cares what Reed thinks? Okay, that's that's the you know because I think it causes some problems in terms of like every new set. It's a race for whatever reason. There's this stupid race to um, get their list published, and it results in something that you know many of us complain about, which is primers like the or you know air quote, quotes unquote, primers. primers yeah 
which is, you know, a card just got spoiled. Let me write some like very, very basic information about it. That's that's like I you can't possibly know because you haven't even there's been no time to test the deck. The spoiler literally came out today and you threw together uh, like a generic, um, you know, blue, black X shell for this deck. It's like, OK. Like, and then you don't write a primer, you write, like, a combo line, and then... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, you you write a combo repository and call it a primer. Yeah, no, that's... People need to stop doing that, and I think a lot of that stems from this kind of uh, desire to be have their name, like, tied to the deck or something, or to have their list be the one on the database. It's like, dude, it does. the deck list database is not the ultimate validator of your deck's worth. Um, it's not, know, have it's some not confidence in yourself. Be, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I will say, I, I for me, I think the primer speed circle jerk bothers me less than the primer length circle jerk. <laughs> I I will admit that I'm a contributor to that. Are you? <laughs> that being said, yeah, did you, have you never read the shuffle primer? I, I did. I Like, it's like twelve thousand words. <laughs> okay, no, no, yeah. no. You Nothing see. beats the Getrog primer, dude. The uh, collaborative Getrog primer. Are you sure the Corvold primer is well, ours is significantly larger than the Corvold primer. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> see, Morgan, see, he's insulted by the fact that I thought that the Corvold primer might have been longer. You. This is How exactly the problem. <laughs> this is the exact <laughs> issue. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like Getrog out of any of the lists has like the most combo variations and things that probably need to be can mentioned. we can we just start calling primers over a certain like dissertations and then start having them peer-reviewed by other oh, people yeah, in yeah. Yeah. Community? <laughs> like, primer it, like yeah super long primers stop being primers because they're not useful as an introductory resource yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're compendiums they're collected volumes yeah. dude <laughs> yeah the omnibus of <laughs> get wrong documents um yeah so i guess mine was kind of attack on point to reason one but uh, a separate one i have is uh just threat assessment in general um could you try and be a little less specific <laughs> i feel like i feel like you know that that yeah people are so blase about just counterspelling things on like for like the base levels like you know Oh, that's a threat. I'm going to counterspell that without thinking like, oh, you know, I'm I'm about to enter next player's turn, um, and now all of a sudden the entire the entire uh, pod is drained of interaction. It's I've seen I've seen uh, Morgan. I know <laughs> I've, when I've played with you, you you cast a spell and you have like these this look in your eyes that's like please just this once don't realize that if you try and counter the spell i'm gonna have to fight back to resolve it and then we're all gonna lose like just think that little bit ahead and realize that this is not the you know must answer threat um at the table it's you know the, the next player yeah that's i i i also find that a bit annoying just you know See, EDH, Magic, it's a mental game. Use your noodle. Yeah, I, I think I, I sort of have to have to tack on to that with, like, essentially when you try and take someone out of the game and then they fight back and then you blame them for going shields down. I think that that happens a lot. And, like, you know, some people, they fight over things that they don't need. 
but I'm talking, you know, someone's, they're behind on mana, they're behind on cards, and they try and resolve some sort of value engine, and then you counter it, and then they counter back because it's like, okay, if I'm going to sit here, you know, I'm playing like some Thrasios deck, I'm going to sit here on three mana with three cards in hand, and like, I don't have this Rhystic Study. I'm, you know, I'm super out of this game, so like, I have to fight, and then, you know, halfway through the turn cycle someone else wins and you go why didn't you just let me counter your rhystic study it's like well because if my rhystic study didn't resolve i was out of the game that, yeah, so. that's that's actually a really good kind of tack on pet peeve that yeah people people getting salty or kind of you know moaning about uh yeah oh you you're, you're misplaying it's no, no dude i'm trying to win so <laughs> sometimes it's like oh you fed the fish and you know feeding the fish is obviously very contentious issue where it's like oh you know you should never feed the fish you know what sometimes as like i'm gonna get rogue like i i'll have to play out my mana uh my mana rock so that i can set up for my get rogue in the next turn or set up my you know go um you know mana crypt sylvan library or something like that like sometimes that is the correct play because i'm trying to win the game um but (laughs) you know don't like just mindlessly feed the fish. It's not it's not always correct to never feed the fish. I'm, I'm and, gonna play and, this talisman into a ponder. Pass yeah. turn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, see if someone if someone plays a ponder and then a land like plays a ponder into a fish and then a land, you don't know if they misplayed. If they play a land <laughs> and then a, a ponder, ponder, you can be pretty sure that they misplayed. <laughs> so what you're saying is when I'm intentionally feeding a fish because I'm a terrible person, I have to always plant the shadow of like the seed of doubt in the table's mind as to whether or not it was a required play. Yeah. <laughs> but you could just not cast the ponder. <laughs> you could just not cast. No, yeah. So so people people who are complaining about people feeding the fish, at least make sure that it's, you know. Look Look at the perspective of whether or not that was a necessary play for them to try and win the game themselves and not just, oh, you, you king made someone else because, you know, you're playing spells with this fish and I would have won the game if you hadn't have done that. It's like, yeah, maybe that's why I did that. Yeah. Um, okay. I can't believe you did this and didn't let me win the game. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess my, my next one is the complete abandonment of old tech. Um, and I think... The poster child of this for me was uh, ha- has to be Isochron Scepter, but there's other things oh, yeah. where like something new comes out and you want to play with it and it's good. It might even be better than the old thing, uh, which is fine. But then like instead of going, okay, this isn't sort of the best anymore. This is probably better in a lot of situations. You essentially just go like, this is unplayable. It's garbage. No one should ever put it in their deck. And then you never look at it again. Okay, boomer. Um, and yeah, like <laughs> old tech we, is old. We, we, we can't this, get out of here. We've cheese done rush, re- cheese rush is sort of just like the embodiment of this pet peeve. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're like, wait a minute, but if we played good cards, if we, we played Thrasios and Dorks and Isochron Scepter and all this proven tech instead of just playing the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I had one. I had one called New Shiny Toys, which is just people's obsession with the latest stuff it's like man remember zur <laughs> remember Cass? <laughs> yeah okay. i guess, I guess zur, zur is probably another example of that like zur is still fine and yet it's like oh you know the, why wouldn't you just play like 
you know, I mean, sure, there might even be better options than Zer. Like, probably Timnacrom is just a a better option for like a similar sort of shell. But then, yeah, translating that into like, oh, you should just like no one should ever play Zer. Zer is completely unplayable as a deck. Like, you know, people will look at like random two color meme commanders and just go like. Oh yeah, those are fine. And then look at Zur and be like, "Why would you play Zur?" <laughs> like, yeah, aren't yeah? Isn't isn't like actually on that on that note? Isn't Zur like the embodiment of the current like idea to play stuff like Krom Tevesh or stuff? Where it's like, okay, I, I want to play this like really fast storm deck that I want to have value in the command zone. Like, isn't Zur the <laughs> yeah. embodiment of value in the command zone? True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like my commander. My commander is a Rhystic study? My commander like, is a Mystic Remora? For My example, an I, don't, I don't think it's a hot take that Xur is better than Kinnon. <laughs> but some yeah, people yeah, may they... think that it is. <laughs> like, I, but if you ask people about Xur and you ask people about Kinnon, I feel like you'll get a lot more people saying Kinnon's like a deck that you know, if you ask, should I play Kinnon, you'll get a lot more yeses than if you ask, should I play Zer? Okie dokie. Reed? Um, yeah, so the next one is sort of like... <laughs> it's sort of a tack on to the other one about fetches, where... <laughs> the one that pees me to no end is people unconditionally always fetching a Shockland tap at end of turn in like very color intensive lists because it is so not always the correct play and it's so annoying to see people just like well I don't want to take damage in the future for this and I might as well get the deck thing out of the way now while I can and like just not waiting the extra draw step and like fetching a duel <laughs> it's just it's so annoying like what happens if you draw a brainstorm and that is your last fetch what happens if you draw like a, a grand abolisher and you need like double colors or something just like God, it's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of related to that, I mean, one one thing that I kind of learned p playing uh, Gitrog a lot is that you don't always want to get out. Um, so, I mean, it's this is sort of related. I just don't want to throw this in as like a bit of advice um, in terms of thinking about using your fetches and, and your colors is that, you know, sometimes people go, OK, turn turn one fetch by you and then their next fetch is going to be for an overgrown tomb. Um, when that's not necessarily what you always want to be doing because sometimes it's good to keep that card in your deck so that you could fetch it later when you're um so let's say i go uh turn one you know crack from a bayou play some stuff play gitrog and then my next land drop i play a fetch the fact that i can then fetch for an overgrown tomb and hit either color is pretty important uh in some cases so at least thinking about the fact that having access to your colors or getting more information um with your fetches and and you know being patient i think is yeah pretty important all right also just watching people try to manage like mana bases during play in high color decks and doing it ineffectively is like the most frustrating thing for me <laughs> stop fetching tropical island <laughs> stop just <laughs> stop, stop. <laughs> Um, okay, so my pet peeve is one trillion deck servers. Uh, every single commander set is uh, the CEDH Discord community gets saturated with like you know twenty new servers. Like for any any random commander, 
Okay, I, I feel like this is <laughs> legendary tangentially related All to right, the Primer then, Rush. We'll make a Discord server. <laughs> I, th I think it's tangentially related to the Primer Rush, where people are like, "If I control the deck server for this, you know, <laughs> random niche commander that was just spoiled, <laughs> I have all the power." You know, it's like, uh, chill, <laughs> chill, 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 chill. Um, yeah, I think a lot of prime, a lot of deck servers could just be kind of um, consolidated into kind of. Uh, like Grexus Mean Girls, that kind of like super servers related to colors. The mono red server, which is actually the biggest super server in terms of sheer number of channels and decks. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, There's like 20. I mean, the, the paradox is also pretty big. Morgan, go go open the mono red server and I just scroll. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, we could also probably aggregate Gitrog into just like a unplayable trash Discord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> save, save I some mean, time. Let's let's be honest. Gitrog the graveyard, even the a deck graveyard could anymore. definitely absorb the Gitrog server now. What do you <laughs> mean? Yeah. The, the, the same absorb thing. the Gitrog, the Gitrog <laughs> server absorbs other servers. How can how can the biggest server be absorbed by a smaller server? No. Okay, Morgan, no, no, how's no, no, how's, no. how's the graveyard going? Huh? It exists and people <laughs> say stuff in it occasionally but yeah i actually okay. i i did in fact i i i haven't figured it out yet but i have refused to make a hermit druid server and instead have just sort of rolled hermit druid into the hulk server <laughs> bless Rather your soul Reed. Bless, it your, out. bless your soul <laughs> so you know i'm doing my part <laughs> i feel like i feel like that could just go in like patch notes as like you know <laughs> like remove redundancy on deprecated features <laughs> yeah <laughs> god <laughs> also i don't think i don't think any servers want to absorb the get rock server morgan you gotta you gotta you gotta consider that fact i'm sure we could find some <laughs> I'm maybe, sure. maybe the Ukima and Kazur server. They're they're also <laughs> cursed. <laughs> Pretty cursed server. Um, there's there's got to be there's got to be like some server that would want it. Like there, like I I bet I bet you the Tashar server would take it. Dude, instead of instead of grouping based off like deck similarity, you 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 group them based off server culture. Server yes. Culture. <laughs> <laughs> This is the collection of all the cursed servers and communities <laughs> on the NCBH. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Morgan? Uh, yeah. My next pet peeve is removing the hate piece. Uh, I mean, obviously, not always, and not if you can actually translate that into a win. But so many times I see things like, man, this is really annoying for my deck. And it's like actually just crippling for some other deck or it's like then, actively holding it's like actively the only like nail holding back another deck from just winning outright yeah like you're playing like th you're, you're playing like thrasios timna you know nas consult and there's a Dranith magistrate and you're like man i really wish i could just cast this timna and draw some cards and then there's like some entirely commander centric deck there's like elsha across the table and you're like it's just like yeah i think seven cards the Dranith magistrate is a good plan everything yeah it's just, like it's it's just it's like as soon as you point a removal spell it's just ready to slam six rituals into elsha <laughs> to win the game and you're just like yeah i think this is worth so i can cast my timna <laughs> Okie dokie. Read. Um, this one's sort of a culture one, but God, the culture around not allowing proxies grinds my gears. It's a big <laughs> one for me. 
Especially just... now more than ever. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, well, get it. Reed, maybe if you weren't a poor, then <laughs> <laughs> if you I could actually afford cards. <laughs> I'll have you know that I've been using I think the same proxies in that like in the five card list currently, but what was Thrasios Demno for like three years now? It's I think I think I own the original survival of the fittest proxy that I printed out for Varals like four years ago when I first proxied up the deck and Hot. it's still being used actively. <laughs> you see, so. Reed, if you don't have a top hat and monocle, you uh -huh. don't deserve to play EDH. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start teaching proper table manners for CDH tables. Uh, yeah, yeah, if, if you want uh, if you want Into the North to be to abandon our unabashedly pro-proxy stance, well, I guess you just have to give us enough money so that we can all yeah. buy the cards. Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, if, if you're here at Into the North, we're all about integrity. If you're yeah. part of the no proxy lobby, if you want to shovel some money our way, we're extremely pliable. <laughs> so I, I will say that you know, I fall a bit into this mentality, and sometimes I know like some friends of our show do, which is we're we are fine with other people playing proxies, but. It feels like I sometimes won't like, at least in mid power. Like I, 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 I uh, don't proxy any cards in my decks, and I know uh, Zach, friend of the show, um, doesn't play with cards he doesn't own in his CDH decks. Which, you know, there's there's a bit of a, a argument in the community about people being like, uh, you know. I don't want to play against your not fully tuned deck. I want you to, you know, proxy everything. It's like, you know, at some point you kind of got to be like, you know, that's your play style, play, play if you want to do it that way. But it's not, I, I think that the problem is people caring what other people do in terms of playing yeah. with proxy. It's not like your own self-imposed yeah. rules or whatever. Yeah, um, I don't that being have an said, issue with people who own all their cards. That's, I don't think anyone has an issue with that. And I, you know, I have said... I you shouldn't approach magic with the idea that it's free like it's a hobby and typically you spend money on your hobbies um but obviously you know you should spend what you can afford on your hobbies and and I don't yeah. know of many people and, that can afford CDH yeah, there's, there's kind of a free form. rider problem right <laughs> where if no one if you don't spend if you proxy everything 100% and you don't you spend 0 dollars on on magic in general like you know you're not spending money at your LGS. You're not, you know, contributing to those small businesses and that are help, you know, cultivating the uh, the communities and and you know providing people space to play. You're not, um, you know, buying Watsy products. So you're not, um, you know, funding the the development costs and whatever uh, for for the cards that you are actually enjoying. Like there are there are costs associated with producing these magic cards. So you know, it's yeah. As Morgan was saying, it's a hobby. You know spend you know what you can afford if you if you want to if you enjoy time with it but yeah like no don't expect people to dump uh whatever the hell uh you know five thousand dollars on on dual lands on og duels or whatever well, it's, it's like, and like buying cdhx for the most part at this point doesn't even directly support the scene like wizards yeah you're just you're buying time twister you're, you're just you're buying time twisters from independent buyers that are your local lgs and the money doesn't go anywhere close to 
wizards because the cards have been out of print for 20 years like no but even cards i i, I think that's why i said the the lgs thing is because even if you're buying yeah, yeah. cards that are out of print like even if it's not directly going to watsi the fact that you're supporting the game stores you is, know, I, is I, pretty important what, what i'm what i'm saying is a lot in a lot of cases i don't think people are buying a lot of the stuff from their cdh decks from lgs's is the issue <laughs> we're like um, just just because like you're a lot less likely to like straight up buy a time twister in real life from LGS rather than like go shopping online to try to find the best deal for one. Mm. Um, where it's just like yeah, I, th- I think that's just an issue. Um, absolutely support your local LGS and buy like buy the actual accessible cards that they do have that you're willing to buy from LGS there. Just like I'm saying, even if people bought their CDX completely, I don't think that a majority of that money would be going toward either lgs's or wizards yeah um and i guess on the proxies point um a sometimes pet peeve and this is like uh a, a some a bit of a hot button issue um and it's it's very gray area which is what constitutes like cedh decks and when when does a budget deck become oh god do we CDH? have to get into this now <laughs> well my, my the point is is like i my pet peeve is is Sometimes I want to have like just a game of regular CEDH and don't want to have to um, like I I want every deck to be at the same power level and not have like just essentially be playing three player. Right. And that's at the very skewed end of the spectrum is when um, like just some decks can't compete or do anything meaningful in the game if they aren't, um, you know, of a certain power level. And if you're not going to proxy um because I, I think one thing about being pro proxy is that you kind of want and encourage people to proxy so that you can maintain that level of game. And it really boils down to everyone being on the same page regarding expectations of the game. It's like, okay, everyone, this time we're gonna do um, you know, full power proxied meta decks, um, like established tier one meta decks, and then you know, maybe maybe a different game you can do off meta fringe or something like that, or the expectation is that oh i'm going to do a bit of fringe and and some meta like so long as everyone's on the same page that's all good but i'm i'm just it's a bit of a pet peeve of mine when people try and like foist their uh their decks onto other people if that's not like the agreed upon thing it's like okay well i guess i guess i'm playing against like you know three cdh decks you know two cdh decks and a high power deck like yeah not always a fan of that, but that can be re- resolved with like a rule zero discussion. Um, okay, so my next uh, pet peeve is people falling for Reed's whining. <laughs> 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 and uh, people wonder why. He just keeps uh, getting away with it. <laughs> he does. <isn't> it? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, you know. First, first. Well, how is Reed such a good player? How does he get all these wins? It's, you know, people fall for this shit all the time, man. I don't understand. How do you do it? But uh, yeah, no, don't. Just because someone is is you know, grab here, be like, oh, how could you do this play or blah blah blah. It's like they realize that they're playing a game, and sometimes they're trying to take advantage <laughs> of you. Um, and you know, don't don't get upset about it. Um. You know, that's part of the game and you know, politics and, and all that. But, uh, yeah, don't be uh, so naive and trusting. 
I mean, I definitely fall for that. I definitely fall for that. So it's not like I lie all the time. It's just that sometimes it's embellished. (laughs) I I think that I think that like on a similar vein, if you are actually giving someone genuine play advice, uh, often it's better to do it comfortably after the fact. Yeah, it's clear that it doesn't come off as politicking. Yeah, you don't have some motivated reasoning. Mm-hmm. That being said, I mean, I will even when I'm not trying to actively politic, like I, I will make the active effort to stop somebody from making an obvious misplay that will also impact me in a negative fashion, right? Like, yeah, it's just you have to be, you have to be aware of. I mean, we went over this on our threat assessment um, episode, right? Of like, you just have you have to be aware of other people's motives and what they might want out of what they're saying. To try to get you to do um but that doesn't mean that they don't also like the thing that they're trying to convince you to do isn't also in your best interests you just have to consider it okay i guess this is this is my last one uh and this specifically pertains to online play and spell table in particular but uh randomizing multiple times that's not how, how randomness you? works. How dare you? That's not <laughs> how randomness like works. I will I will expand that to just generally not understanding how randomness works. So um complaints about the cockatrice shuffler also also very frustrating. Oh yes. Morgan, I don't how did you not put deterministic line <laughs> deterministic wins and stuff on your pet peeves list? That's <laughs> because since Gitrog died, no one talked about <laughs> determinism anymore. Um it, I think the best way to randomize pods or or to determine who goes first is using the uh, the favorite. If you method. say cut for value, I'm actually just <laughs> going to cutting to highest monetary value in the deck. Oh, uh, dude, it's the ultimate mean way to do it because actually, magic think, is pay think, to win, right? I think my my preferred fashion is cutting to the worst proxy. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody's got like uh like. 75% size of a card cropped badly and it's black and white, then they get to go first. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I'm gonna throw that on. That's a pet peeve of mine, is just bad, oh, bad proxies. proxies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're gonna proxy, please make the card like distinguishable. Legible. Like I wanna be able to, you know. If you're not gonna spend the, the money on the cards, I don't know how much like not everyone has access to to um like colored printers or whatever but if possible like colored proxies are much preferable um because people are so familiar with card arts whereas if every if the entire deck is black and white and you've got like <laughs> proxy basics or something it's like i don't know what the <laughs> heck is going on in your board state especially over webcam very very hard to understand so uh yeah a bit of a pet peeve i understand not everyone can can do color printing but if possible that is that is definitely prefer- preferable Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is a fun one. This this one is me actually being the worst, but it's also I get annoyed when other people aren't also the actual worst because it's like optimal play. <laughs> is that something that bugs me is seeing other people not priority bully enough, which means like they'll just like the person right before them in turn order cast an adnos and they'll immediately go all right counter it <laughs> without like any consideration as to does anybody else at this table have interaction can i just pass priority can i let somebody else deal with this like 
Just no thought to that, immediately snapping off the interaction. It's just annoying, because, like, it's, I feel like it's something that everybody should be doing. And people just don't sometimes. <laughs> I will say I also get annoyed when people refer to that as, like, somehow, like, bullying or, like, act, like, assessing that somebody after you in priority has an answer and passing priority is, like, some, like, ultra scummy yeah. tryhard toxic play it's like no that's just like it's how the game works <laughs> yeah like that that's not nearly the same thing as like you know the mana bullying or like... yeah definitely i don't know it's just yeah watching people just like make obvious <laughs> if you let plays. other people spend resources then you have more resources <laughs> Um, okay, so my next one is not understanding the deck strategy dynamics of the pod. So things like, you know, is my deck going to win the long game? Who's going to win the long game? Um, you know, who needs to win early? Like, so who's going to be essentially like, you know, very desperate to try and combo. So, you know, keeping up interaction for those turns, uh, targeting, uh, I mean, who's even playing control anymore, but, you know, targeting the control player for attacks is actually reasonable we i used to play with a uh tasker player uh like hard like tasker like i want to say tasker control and you know part of his his whining was i think obviously like strategic in the same way as reed was like you know i'm not playing ad nauseum i'm the control player why are you attacking me it's like bro i'm i'm attacking you because i know i need to uh start chipping away at your life total <laughs> i had to get you dead in the long game <laughs> yeah exactly so you know being being cognizant of that um and, and those dynamics is, is pretty important i think uh and it's kind of annoying when people are just uh you know treating all decks the same or, or being ignorant of that uh those dynamics yeah attacking the nos player is a good heuristic but yeah. Uh, yeah, the thing yeah, about well heuristics is that they're useful in a as a general rule or, you know, something as a baseline, but there are lots of things that can affect situationally what you should actually be doing. Yeah, it's like once the Nos player is below a certain life total, it's, it's like with the uh, Xur. Um, when I when I was playing a lot of Xur, yeah. it's there's where a point go, when you stop being able to reasonably. It's just like it doesn't right. even yeah. Well, there's there's it, there's different points where you need to assess. It's like how much mana to life, like because you it's you need a certain amount of cards to overcome a certain um, deficiency in mana, right? But you know the more mana you have access to, the uh, the fewer cards you need. So kind of figuring out where that balance is for both ad nauseum players or Xur players or something. It's like there's a point when. Um, it's important to get in a bunch of damage initially and then switch over to someone else. Um, yeah. Uh, Morgan, your list is empty. Do you want to, do you want to stump on de determinism for a bit or? <laughs> I, this one, this one's a little outdated. Misappropriation so. of yeah, mathematical can, terms. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, just, just generally, uh, a, a determinism was a big one where people, in the context of usually complaining about the loop and shortcut rules would refer to things as deterministic uh, when they're not. Um, and yeah, just all the discussions about how we should make it so that your, you know, complex mathematical <laughs> proof and the convergence <laughs> should mean that everyone just lets you win and gives up and goes home. Um, 
yeah so and i guess i guess we can <laughs> expand that a little bit to you know people just not understanding sort of the i mean not the rules specifically but like sort of the underlying fr the framework that underlies the rules um and then making a bunch of sweeping claims that don't make sense read um yeah so actually i'll i'll let you do yours first <laughs> on this topic <laughs> okay i was gonna i wasn't sure if i was gonna yeah, tack yeah. mine on to yours yeah, yeah. okay so um i actually kind of have two that are kind of tie into this which is um inappropriately appropriating uh 60 card terminology uh in deck names and referring to things and then um just deck naming in general in cdh so one is things like tempo um or aggro don't really make sense they don't translate like one-to-one -one in the same way they, they do in 60 card so using those terminologies is, is very confusing um especially when you're just using it one for one because there's people who play 60 card have a very um specific understanding of these terms so then when you're using them it's just going to lead to confusion when they're like wait a second this is not playing like how i think it should based off my understanding so with tempo like Najila is not, you know, Najila Tempo is n not really like a 60 card tempo deck. Um, I think and it then was. It it certainly is less before it was now like, than it was before. Yeah, before like Oracle when it was actually like more on the Najila plan than on the Oracle plan. Um it certainly was, I think, but yeah. <laughs> I I'm not gonna get into this, but I, I don't completely agree. Um, but then another one is like Gitrog Dredge. It's like Gitrog has <laughs> dredge cards worst, in it. It's the worst name ever. It's so bad. It's so Gitrog bad. plays nothing like dredge. It's it's not doing any like dredgy things. The only thing that it's it runs cards with dredge for combo purposes, right? Like uh it's it's super super annoying. Um because it, it kind of gives people the wrong impression of what the deck is trying to do. It the deck should just be called the Gitrog Monster or like Gitrog Dakmore Combo or something like that. Um, yeah, and then along the lines is just deck naming in CDH in general. And you know, I say this while also like actively <laughs> contributing to the problem. It's I'm self-aware, okay, and most people I think. Some people, a lot of people, are self-aware with with how bad CDH deck naming is. Where it's just, it's completely, it's completely not, nonsense. Yeah, it's nonsense <laughs> and just actively confusing for a lot of. It's like okay, farm is the worst one. It's the most egregious um, name uh, in recent memory. But I was complaining of this back when um, there was a trend of naming decks. Of after other decks, so four color Varals. Sorry, the fucking the best thing about this is I don't think it was even a trend. It was just all of my deck names. <laughs> Dude, it was it was so tilted because I was I was like, 
what is four color rash? I'm looking at it. I'm like, there's no viral. What the heck is going on? And it's <laughs> four color rash me. Yeah, yeah, four color rash me. Definitely uh, overalls. Wait, did you guys put the rash me back in that deck? Because that card yeah. should not be in that deck. <laughs> uh, it was in for a bit. Yeah, I think it actually might still be because it, it's it's pretty good right now. I don't know. It's nice. It, yeah, farm yeah. is just the is now the worst one um, because it basically only means the card. It's the deck has ad nauseum. It's meaningless. Like, it's meaningless. No, no, no. Now. It it has ad nauseum and like one more, at least one more piece of fast mana or ritual than sort of the baseline package. That's that's. I don't what even makes think that's fun. true anymore, man. Does it just like true? It needs something that says draw a card in the command zone and an ad nauseum. No, no. It Get definitely is a doesn't. farm deck, man. Get Rock is a farm deck. Don't even. <laughs> don't at me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think. Yeah, it's gotten worse since I made my. You know, CDH players adding Culling the Week to a Nas deck. Is this farm? <laughs> if, if you can call Gitrog Monster that. a farm deck by whatever definition you're using, like something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, you, just, you, have to have the, you have to have like the exclusion area of if you could conceivably call these decks farm decks under your current rules, you need to go revise your rules. Yeah, no, there's so like farm, farm is. I think my, my I think peeve, I think yeah. Thralls is closer to a farm deck, but it should never be called a farm deck, actually. Am I wrong? Um uh, we'd have to do list for list comparisons, but I think it's close. Like, yeah, maybe. But uh I think I think they're they're both I think for all runs we a run higher like the percentage same. of fast mana, I think. I I don't think so. Gitrog runs almost every piece of fast mana. I think you available. run bigger fast mana. I think like Thralls just runs a lot of it in general though i don't know like what, 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 what do you think you're running that that get rugged isn't uh let me actually let me check we, we can settle this right now we have time to fill yeah so my pet peeve is turning every minor claim into like a competition <laughs> my pet peeve is linden bringing up uh get in every single episode of into the north hey it's better than callahan <laughs> don't mention bringing it. up okay. lavinia yeah, in yeah. every episode right. of the mind sculptors podcast I was actually about to... No, 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 okay. I'll, I'll see if we can get to the end um, before I mention this. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll ignore that. That being said, on the name thing, um, while I totally agree with you uh, with, like, misnaming, like, misappropriating terms from 60 card and making decks confusing and, like, misdescribing how decks work in the title uh, and also using bad deck names like Farm, I also think that we, frankly, need more ridiculous ne deck names and that original ridiculous deck names are fantastic for the format. <laughs> Um, I for yeah, interest. I think Honestly, I think it's I think fine that's, if uh, your deck name oh, is actually meaningless, but mm. like it has to be uh, actually and clearly meaningless. It has not, to be. It, has to be it actually, looks meaningful, but it's actually meaningless. It has to be, people get it has to be actually meaningless, or it has to like be a really funny, hilarious name that's also sort of tied to how the deck functions, like. On like the topic of Lavinia, like pools closed is a great name for that deck. Right, like just fantastic. Um, <laughs> but the uh, the My one prime rib. The one thing though, I I do think that so you you said it's good for the format to have these kind of ridiculous names. I, th okay, I, I think I think I think that's that's coming from the position of someone who's entrenched in the sure, community I, and sure, knows probably. it's like man i want these interesting names because it's funny and it's like interesting keep keep things fresh but i think from the perspective of a new player 
it's very like it, it could be a, a large barrier and just make things more difficult to get someone into um, EDH or, or sorry, to get someone into CDH when there's just all this jargon they need to kind of get around. So, yes, but that being said, I think like a large part of my continued enjoyment and also like interest is, <laughs> especially in uh, Eternal formats, like finding random legacy and vintage decks that are name something random and being able to find out the lore of them going back a decade <laughs> to like Honestly, when the name came around like i i find that awesome and i think that like having that in a format is great quite honestly, honestly and I quite honestly like... sorry I'll, I'll let you go but like one of the honestly one of the reasons why i hate watching standard now and why i've sort of stopped keeping up with standard is because the decks are all super generic and the names suck <laughs> really you it's, that's Okay, I'm certainly not getting on board with that take. I was just gonna say no, that I wasn't like, expecting you to, but yeah. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say that like I think that the way a lot of the decks with meme names are on the database actually works very well. Like you have like Timnatana Reanimator, and then the deck's called the Pet Cemetery. And it's like, okay, Timnatana Reanimator. I understand vaguely what this deck is doing. And then you then come up with your clever meme name. Or like, you know. Prime Rib is listed, I mean, it's just listed under Vanifar, but, you know, it could be called Vanifar Combo or whatever. Like, I think that having, like, having dual names is probably not a bad... Well, yeah, I mean, uh, that's why that's why Four Color Ashmi eventually became Curiosity Control, right? Or Curious Control. Yeah, that's a much, I think that's a much better name, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, even Curious Control is, like, a bit like i just hate saying curious if i control. look at the I like if i look at control. the heading curious control i'm not like I'm, I'm gonna go like why is this called curious control not oh i know what this deck is doing yeah um okay is that it for our pet peeves i think so i think we got there right on actually um, one more uh People circle jerking about tier lists in in all contexts. If you're on <laughs> any side, <laughs> on any all side, sides yeah. suck. <laughs> here, no, here, nobody's like, absolved of blame. <laughs> here, here's the tier list, you know, and link that like that tapped out list that you know the one thing that <laughs> commanders by power level or whatever. The worst. Okay. Tier, um, tier lists are impossible. The worst. <laughs> note, note to our editor: please uh, cut this out because when we eventually do our Into the North tier lists episode, <laughs> where we like, rank yeah. order every CDH deck, and you know we, we're gonna want to, uh, we're, we don't want to make ourselves look like hypocrites. So I uh, mean, yeah, you can just just leave leave this out of the but show. But that's not circle know? jerking about tier lists. That's making a legitimate <laughs> tier list. If you put in the effort to make a tier list, then fine. Even if I disagree with you, but okay. if you just have. You know, either throw something that isn't a tier list out as a tier list, or just, you know, wax about how tier lists are impossible. Why? Okay. Well, before we close out the show, it's time for everyone's favorite segment. Gut check! Gut check! Gut check. Okay. So, this gut check is, what's the worst deck you've ever brewed? Mm. 
for can we are we gonna limit this to cdh because i feel like it's better for context no no, no. oh no oh um <laughs> huh. yeah there are some stinkers <laughs> definitely some stinkers <laughs> i've been thankfully i haven't brought that many terrible lists to like actual tournaments i don't think um i, I don't have like the patrick sullivan story of like bringing the absolute worst position deck to a gp ever and just immediately going oh <laughs> three but um yeah, I definitely have some bad ones. I mean, I did take a deck that wasn't Marvel to a GP where Marvel was legal. <laughs> I remember this. <laughs> and I made day two. How about that? Nice. Okay. So do you guys uh, have your answers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is... Yeah, I, I, I think I played this one for long enough that I can probably give it as an answer. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll go first. I've kind of got like two-ish answers so i've got one which is on uh arena i've got a uh i was brewing with a in historic uh uh ominous seas deck that was just ran like uh a million of like the discard and draw x cards and like brawl and things like that and like um the uh god what's the aftermath time twister card uh, uh yeah, Morgan, yeah. help me out here. Wait. Wait, oh, emergency powers? No, no, no. no, no Aftermath. That's... The one that from the graveyard? The front Oh, oh, um consigned to memory. Oh, consigned to memory, yeah. Yeah. Consigned to memory and like it would just gas my opponents back up and like you'd you'd spend like a million cards to get like an eight eight token that would just get like fatal pushed. It was it was very bad. Um but then I guess my other uh the other one that I thought was a good good to mention is very early on in my magic career, <laughs> because my first Sorry, ever experience commit, with magic... Commit to memory, not consign to memory. Oh, commit to memory, okay. Um, my first ever experience with magic was a conspiracy draft, where I drafted Defender Synergy stuff. Um, and then I, I was obsessed with defenders for a while. He really was. Oh my god! <laughs> and so my modern de defenders freed from the real combo deck was. Oh boy, was hot man. That was that was a hot mess. Good times. <laughs> I'm amazed you didn't try and revisit that when the new leyline was spoiled. I felt like. Well, eventually Defenders became not Defenders anymore. It became Arbor Elf and uh, uh, Bloom Tender. Uh, Bloom Tender, that's it. I was yeah, going to say, I was like, Boreal, I can't want to say But then they printed, a, they printed a a ley line that makes all your dorks into double dorks, and you didn't even... Yeah, but you need the blue for Freed from the Real. Yeah, but there's still birds in Hierarchy. Anyways. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mine... Okay, it, this might not count because I actually, I literally couldn't finish it, which was I tried to brew Mangara of Karandor, uh, not CDH, just regular EDH, and I, I got to 80 cards, and I spent, it was like, I actually, there are no more cards I want to put in this deck. <laughs> like, I have, like, I have, like, the white staples, I have, like, you know, the, like, the 10, like, bad, but, like, okay cards I put in to round it out, I have the like 
20 synergy pieces and then the lands and mana rocks and th- this is an 85 card list and i i'm done i just i don't know <laughs> see what you do then is that's when you put in like big mana cards and then the eye of ugin package <laughs> easy. Um, just easy. because i have best best hidden commander man uh Super but hot. if if i have to have finished the deck uh i think it and like actually you know played games with it uh i think it would have to be my blue white heroic deck that i built um a, a rotation before blue white heroic was a real deck um where instead of playing cons cards like that one mana cantrip that's also a combat trick and like good cards uh i was playing and also like you know treasure cruise uh i was playing uh hidden strings and trait doctoring and cypher spells to trigger heroic <laughs> good times <laughs> read um, is, is it some popper brew I can give you, I can give you, okay, I, I, I can give you a popper brew, so I'll give you three decks, because I think they're, like, equally bad, but they're for different formats, different time periods. Um, so, and actually, oh, that's so weird, they're all black-red, that's so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Um, the one that I played for far longer than I ever should have in CDH, um, and that like I cannot deny having built and played is Neheb Eight Rack, um, <laughs> for, with Neheb the Worthy, the three mana <laughs> Neheb Minotaur and Black Red. That whenever it hits somebody, everybody discards. <laughs> Dude, re- relating to, relating to sixty card terminology. <laughs> How many racks can you run in CDH? Uh, I think I actually got up to eight racks. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Really? That's impressive. Yeah. So you you can play Stormworld, um, Shrieking Affliction, Quest for the oh, Hillstone. Um, <laughs> uh, technically, uh, Liliana's Caress is like sort of one. Uh, Blood Chief Ascension is sort of one. Yeah, it's it's bad. Megrim. <laughs> um, yeah, Megrim. What's it's called? Yeah. It's just a bunch of stuff that like was not at all playable, but I chose to play for far too long. I think I won like one game on the deck after trying to get like twenty games in with it. It was bad. Um, it was it's it was playing a reanimation package, but because at the time Black Red didn't really have any real win cons, its reanimation package was Siren of Insanity, Omnixless, Unshackled, and Kervik the Merciless. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. It was unironically playing a gorilla shaman. Um yeah, yeah. The, I the more I look at this deck, the more it's painful. <laughs> um it was bad. Um next up uh for Popper, um I played a like madness burn list for a while, which was really bad. Um they was playing like Faithless Looting, Bump in the Night, Alms of the Veil, Fiery Temper, Bolts. Um, so like a- again, reminder, I'm playing like Alms of the Vein and uh Fiery Temper in a format where you're allowed to play four bolts. 
and I'm also playing four bolts. <laughs> um, and then playing like insolent neonates, spark elemental, unearth, Kelden marauders. It was bad. It was terrible. Um, I don't know why I kept playing that for as long as I did. It was real shitty. Um, and then finally, I played um, during Kaladesh Ixalan standard. I think I played a. God, it was, uh, I think I have the list here. It was like a hollow one build your own squee list <laughs> with, um, <laughs> so it was like, like the hollow one flame blade adept stuff with, you know, like uh, cathartic reunions and things, but it was also playing, um, scrap heap scroungers and four oval chase daredevil. Which was <laughs> yeah, for Oval Chase Daredevil is the four mana uh, black creature four two human pilot that whenever an artifact enters the battlefield, you can return it from your graveyard to your hand. So the idea was that like you're you're doing this thing where like you're discarding all these Oval Chase Daredevils to cast Hollow One to get back all these Oval Chase Daredevils to discard to the next Cathartic Reunion, and then like oh, and then God. like bringing back Scrappy Scroungers to get back all the Oval Chase Daredevils again, and like you just keep doing it. <laughs> it was it was not a good deck, but it and was you hilarious. You actually goldfish the dream like once, and then oh, I I brought this to local like F and M's. <laughs> was oh, not a good boy. deck <laughs> it was also okay. yeah it was on two key to the cities as well for that recurring value nice <laughs> hell yeah stuff. um i actually just remembered i had a really crap popper brew <laughs> that was built around <laughs> rafelos's gift do you guys know what that no. does? <laughs> it was like this weird enchantment storm yeah, deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Rafelis' gift is like, it's a super hot card, and you're like, man, this card is clearly busted in some way. <laughs> like, you're like, it's reveal any number of green cards in your hand, return an enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand for each card revealed this way. And there's like lots of, um, like, obviously, can tripping enchantments that you can just sacrifice. And like, I was like, oh my God, you know, and there's like, uh, uh, god what's the uh guy is it guy's touch yeah yeah, yeah the, the the that one that sacks the exploration because, yeah. that you can it's sack technically the... a ritual it's technically a ritual it's man um, a neutral one it no because you can play drop. a forest <laughs> and, but oh i see yeah. Yeah, yeah um and the the weird thing about guy's touch too is it's not like um exploration where you uh yeah it's you, not you a have land to look play. The, it's a it's an ability it's an extra to ability to put yeah it's weird into play. if you look yeah, at the oracle terrible very strange but yeah so i'm like oh my god dude rituals and cantrips <laughs> and like basically yog will hell yeah this is gonna be awesome <laughs> and then it was and terrible <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> how many times did you lose to blue red delver <laughs> <laughs> dude, someone someone is gonna figure this deck out and it's gonna be revolutionary okay you know, caleb gannon get on it <laughs> Caleb Gannon get on it um and then my current one that I refuse to put on the list that I, I, I didn't say earlier because I still have a, a place for my place for it in my heart because I'm still playing it right now in arena is uh I've got a font of agonies control deck in historic so do you usually know what font of agonies is is that the one where you lose life you put counters on oh, and then you can remove them to kill, kill stuff? stuff yeah yeah so it, it runs for it's an it's an Abzan deck and it runs four of well, each of the pain deserts. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, 
it's interesting. I did. Yeah, um, I did really so, just want to say that, like, I want to thank everybody on this episode for basically just listening to like what, like an hour and a half of old man yells at cloud. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we started, we started off with a quote from an old man in Seinfeld, which is, I've got a lot of problems with you people. And now you're going to hear about it. The perfect energy for the, for the episode. But yeah, that about wraps up for this episode. If you guys would like to reach out to us, if you guys would like to reach out to us with any questions, comments, or concerns, you can contact us on Twitter at into North pod via our email into North podcast at gmail.com or on our discord server. The invite link for which can be found in the description for this episode. An extra special thanks to all of our patrons who help cover the expenses for our show and allow us to work towards improving the quality of the podcast. If you too would like to become a patron, we are at patreon.com slash into North podcast. Another way you can support us is via our TCG player affiliate link. So anytime you want to purchase something from TCG player, if you use our affiliate link, uh, which is in the podcast slash YouTube description, a portion of your purchase goes towards supporting the podcast. So it's much appreciated. Uh, thank you as always to the band Vox Cadre for our lovely podcast music, to Nate Slover for our equally lovely podcast logo, and to our video editor Manta Ray Hat, and to our long-suffering podcast editor Roadkill. Next episode will be out in two weeks. Until then, see ya. See ya. Have a good one.